thank you so much for tuning in to the Remnant Radio Program, known as the Daily Rundown with Pastor Todd Coconado. This is 721-2020, and I want to thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, we want to welcome you to the program, and thank you so much for helping us get uh, the voice of truth out to this nation, because how many know there is a, a lot of deceived people right now, even in the body of Christ, there's a lot of deceived people. And so we just try to talk through some of the day's headlines, some things that are going on in our nation, try to bring some common sense and facts. What, a, what an interesting thing, right, to bring facts involved. I know some people will get very, very triggered by that, uh, but we will bring in some facts and we'll talk about the issues so that we, the remnant body of Christ, what is the remnant body of Christ? It's just people that believe in Jesus and the full Bible. That's what it is, because unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't don't believe in the full Bible in 2020. And there's a lot of people that want to make their own uh, Christianity version, you know, like their own version of Christianity where they cherry pick certain parts of the word of God and then other parts they don't want to believe in. So very, very scary time, but we are the remnant, meaning we believe in the full Bible and we're going to preach it until the day that we die. We're going to stand for truth and righteousness and the word of God. And we're going to do it in love, by the way, we're going to do it in love. So I want to talk about a really interesting article I saw on Remnant News, rmntnews.com, or you can go to theremnantnews.com. And a lot of times on the show, we go through some of the day's headlines from RMNT News because that's where we're posting the articles that we feel are you know, relevant for the day. And we start off the day today talking about the big holes in the COVID, quote, spike narrative. So, you know, motorcycle accidents are being ruled COVID deaths. Have you heard that one? Um, you know, in the rush to paint Florida as the epicenter. Well, that's interesting because it seems to be that Florida has been the epicenter ever since the Republican National Convention or committee is going to be meeting in uh, Florida, in uh, Jacksonville. So kind of interesting that, you know, in Florida, of course, is a red state. Got a great governor, Governor DeSantis down there. Great, great governor. Uh, man of God that allows us to pray and lay hands on him, by the way. And uh, so I'm very thankful for him and his leadership down there. And of course, they're trying to paint Florida as the epicenter, you know, the second wave. Uh, government officials and their allies in the mainstream media, they, they've stooped ridiculous depths to maximize the death count. And uh, one television station this weekend looked into two highly unusual COVID deaths, uh, among the victims in their 20s. Now, this is interesting because if you recall, in the initial stages of COVID, we found that not a lot of young people were getting COVID-19. Remember that? It was, in fact, uh, 40% of the deaths are attributed to the nursing homes in New York, where Governor Cuomo just happened to put infected people into the absolute worst place they could ever go, a place where people have uh, compromised immune systems and uh, a place where there are elderly people with uh, all kinds of ailments and other diseases that could make their body susceptible to get something like COVID-19. Well, he put the people in there. And you don't hear many people in the media talking about that. In fact, no one's looking for an investigation on that, it seems. There's really not much talk about it. In fact, I did hear some people that were even Democrats in New York that did bring it up. But again, not getting much mainstream media coverage. No one's demanding investigations in Congress. No, instead, let's look at Florida. They want to look at Florida. So, uh, you know, the, 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 the person that uh, we're talking about now, these people in their 20s, a couple of victims in their 20s. And when they asked about the, um, the people that were in their 20s, um, one victim had told them that because of the COVID death, it came in the form of fatal motorcycle accident. So that was the person in their 20s that died. They were actually dying from a motorcycle accident, but it was labeled. You won't believe. I mean, this sounds like a meme. 
It sounds like a joke. It was labeled COVID-19, but this is an actual real story. This isn't, um, you know, a fake uh, story or this isn't like the Babylon B satire. This is actual stories that are coming out where this person that was in their 20s was on a motorcycle and they died of COVID-19. No, I'm sorry. They died of an accident. Sadly, this is not an isolated incident. In fact, the spike, quote unquote, that has been dominated by the mainstream media for the last couple of weeks is full of examples like this. Using trickery, ladies and gentlemen, Washington State last week, they revised their COVID death, uh, death numbers downward when it was revealed that uh, anyone who passed away for any reason whatsoever who had coronavirus listed as you know, COVID-19 on their death. So they could have died of any particular reason, but if they had COVID-19 in their system, you know, then they were labeled COVID-19. In South Carolina, the state health agency admitted that the spike in COVID deaths was only the result of delayed reporting of suspect COVID-19 deaths. So the, the, the death rates, they were delayed And then they started spiking when they started reporting more deaths. But it wasn't that actually more people were dying. And that's why I keep saying you got to look at the death death counts. An analysis of reported daily daily COVID deaths last week compared to actual day of death in Houston revealed that the recent spike consisted largely of deaths that occurred in April through June. Why are they delaying the reporting until now? Isn't that a great question? Well, we do this, um, you know, and uh, I guess that's what's going on. So they, they know that the spike, uh, the Democrat mayor of Houston canceled the convention of Texas Republican Party, and they did that uh, in order to do a political move. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why the Houston, and by the way, Houston used to be like conservative. What's going on with Houston? I mean, gosh, I love me, Texas. I, I, in fact, I almost moved to Texas. I mean, Texas is a great place to live and amazing people and patriots. What's going on in Texas? We need to be praying for Texas because it seems like they're trying to infiltrate Texas and we're seeing this in Houston. And so anyway, the Texas Republican Party was not able to meet. It seems like it was a mission accomplished. Um, it, It seems suspicious that so many states have experienced delayed reporting of deaths until Fossey and his gang of, quote, experts announced that uh, we're in a new nightmare scenario. Now, here's the thing about this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. I have been reporting, and if you follow me on social media or if you follow me on the videos that I do on the Todd Coconato Facebook or if you follow the podcast, follow the radio show, you will know I've been talking about this for a while. I, I said, and, and, and I'm not trying to brag about myself, but I mean, it's just really common sense if you think about it. I mean, anybody with a brain would probably think this, right? The fact is, is that we knew they were going to have this second, quote, second wave thing. We knew it. We knew that as the election got closer, the Democrats were going to try to close down the economy. And we knew that they wanted to hurt Trump because that is their Trump card. Okay. They have a horrible candidate. They can't even speak. That literally probably, God, you know, God forbid, but it seems like he has dementia or something uh, along those lines where the man can't speak. He can't remember if he's running for Senate or president, and he can't really have a press conference because every time he does, it's an absolute gaff disaster. Um, and so they have to kind of keep him in his bunker. And I believe they're just kind of keeping Joe Biden as a placeholder until they bring in Michelle Obama or somebody along those lines. I really, really do believe this, ladies and gentlemen. I know people think I'm crazy, but I, I really do believe that that would be a very logical strategy. If I was a Democrat strategist, or if I was on the other team, that's what I would do is I'd keep Biden, you know, kind of in the front, let him take a couple of hits. And then uh, right when the time is right, maybe at the Democrat convention or whatnot, it seems like it's going to be online. 
I don't even think they're going to have a convention because they don't have any rallies. And when they do, there's like 10 people there. Um, but, you know, people in the, in the news are saying the polls are saying Biden's ahead by 10. He's ahead by, you know, landslide in, in all these states. And, you know, meanwhile, everywhere I go, there's Trump signs on like everybody's lawn. I don't know if I'm just, you know, and it's not just one state. I, I drove through Illinois the other day. There was Trump, Trump signs everywhere. Illinois, okay? Uh, I drove through Kentucky. There's Trump signs. I drove through Tennessee. There's Trump signs. I drove through Ohio. There's Trump signs. I'm down in Florida. There's Trump signs. I don't get it, ladies and gentlemen. I have, I've seen, okay, I'm going to be honest. I've seen one Joe Biden sign in Tennessee. One Joe Biden sign. I did see that. And I've probably seen mm, 800, 900 Trump signs. Uh, I was driving through um, upper Florida in the panhandle around the Destin area. I literally saw a boat parade and it was all Trump boats. I mean, it was amazing. It's like this whole massive parade of boats with Trump flags on them. I had to take a picture. I had to stop the car. My wife and we're all just staring like, wow, that's, that's impressive, you know, but that's what's going on. And so, uh, you know, they're telling us that Joe Biden is 10 points ahead, but their strategy, see, it's very nefarious because what they're trying to do, they're trying to keep the economy as, 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 you know, a stranglehold, and they don't care about your jobs. They don't care about your businesses. They don't care about your churches. They want to keep the churches closed. Can't worship. Don't worship. Don't have a Bible study. If you have a Bible study, it's against the law. I mean, how in the world? And people are saying, well, you know, this guy on social media today, supposedly a pastor. I'm sorry. I'm going to go on off a little tangent right now, but I think you guys can understand this because you're probably watching this happen. I'm literally on Facebook, right? And some guy who's supposedly a pastor quotes on my, on my page today. And he says, oh, stop crying about the masks. You know, stop crying about the masks. You know, the, the Christian leaders need to stop crying. And I thought to myself, this man, God bless him. I didn't want to like attack him. You know, that's the worst thing I can do because then I'm, I'm like, you know, doing what other people do to me and that would not be a good thing. So I got to show love, you know, and I pray about it. I'm trying to restrain myself. Okay, he just doesn't understand. And so I'm trying to show him love. And this other woman, I guess she knows the, the guy and she's telling me what a great man of God he is. I'm like, that's great. I believe he is. And I'm praying for his ministry. But if he's sitting there telling his, his, you know, people in the ministry, everything's okay. Don't worry about the rights being taken away. Don't worry about them closing the churches. We all just need to get, you know, obey the government, ladies and gentlemen, obey the government because it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. No, 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 no. See, that's where the doctrine is not sound, okay? Because when something goes against the word of God, then we obey the word of God. We don't obey what the government says if it's against the word of God. The government is, 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 is flesh. It's human. And yes, we want to be good citizens and we don't want to be criminals. We don't want to be anarchists. We don't want to be causing major problems in our society. Rebels are in the spirit of rebellion. But at the same time, when the government tells you something that the word of God says the opposite, you listen to the word of God. And that's the way it's going to have to be from here on out, ladies and gentlemen, because if we don't get this or understand this, we're going to be falling into the trap of the enemy, not just the deep state, not just the globalists and the Democrats and all the people here on this earth. We're, we're falling into the demonic attack of the enemy because we're capitulating and we're giving in and we're giving up on our mission, which is the word of God to go out, to get people saved, set free, healed and delivered. Oh, and by the way, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. So the social distancing doesn't exactly fit in there, does it? Neither does the forsaking the assembling together of the brethren. And so too many pastors for too long have tried to obey the government, especially the tyrannical government of California and New York and some of these other states that are saying you can't have Christian gatherings. Oh, but you can have protests. That's okay. Nothing's going to happen during the protests, ladies and gentlemen. 
Don't you know COVID-19 knows that when there's a protest, it won't get the person? Don't you know that? I mean, where were you born yesterday? Didn't you listen to Dr. Fossey? Didn't you listen to the medical experts? If it's a, it's a, for the protest, COVID won't get you sick. Did you not read the memo? Do you not understand? But wear your mask and don't go to church. Don't go to church because if you go to church, that's where COVID is rampant. It's rampant in the church. It's just not rampant at the protests. And, and the pastor's like, yes, follow these people. Listen to what they say. No, ladies and gentlemen, do not listen to what they say. They're lying to you. And if a pastor's not telling you that, he doesn't have discernment. I'm sorry, I'm not here to attack these people, but it's the God for, oh my goodness, the God forsaken truth, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Don't fall into this nonsense. Don't fall into this nonsense. Don't forsake God. That's what I mean by God forsaken truth. Don't forsake God. Follow his word. Listen to what he says in the word. Do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. You can tell I'm a little passionate about this. Lord, forgive me, please. I repent if I'm out of line, Lord. I don't mean to be. I honestly don't, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just very worried for our country. I'm worried for our freedoms. I'm worried for our republic. I'm worried for our future. Let me finish uh, this article, and then we'll get into some other things. So the cases once meant individuals who displace uh, sufficient symptoms to be treated in medical facilities. But when the scaremongers needed the second wave, they began reporting any positive test result as COVID. No wonder we have a spike. Politics demands that politicians be seen doing something rather than nothing, even if that is something is more harmful than doing nothing at all. That's why Washington is so addicted to the sanctions. The same has been true, unfortunately, in some Republican states. And their response, faced with a virus that has killed about one-third as many people as the normal seasonal flu, in 2018, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has endorsed a partial shutdown of the economy, resulting in millions tossed into the despair of unemployment. Then he arbitrarily shut down bars because massively increased testing showed more people having been exposed to the virus and mandated that people wear masks. Neither shutting down bars instead of restaurants or Walmarts nor forcing people to wear masks will have any effect on the progression of the virus through society. We're facing the greatest assault of our civil liberties of our lifetime. It's more than 9-11, ladies and gentlemen. The virus is real, but the government's reaction is political and totalitarian. And as this falls apart, will more, more Americans start to fight for their liberty? I sure hope so. That was from Ron Paul, by the way, somebody I admire who's been out there on the front lines for a long time. A lot of people used to call Ron Paul a conspiracy guy, but I think a lot more people are waking up to understand this man has been concerned about exactly what's happening right now in our country for a long time. So is the son. And so is Donald Trump, by the way. Donald Trump is probably the most pro-freedom, pro-liberty president that we've seen in our lifetime, if not, you know, at least to par with Ronald Reagan, but I think so a little bit more. Um, he is pro-Christian liberties and freedoms. He's pro-life. He is uh, very Christian-friendly. Um, you know, as a Christian in America with Donald Trump, we should be thanking Donald Trump. And God forbid, if this situation or scenario were under Democrat leadership, we would be looking like California around the country, if not worse. We'd probably be in martial law by now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just be honest. And they would have come and confiscated the guns, just like they did in Louisiana, just like they did in New Orleans. Remember that? Oh, yeah, they went around during Katrina, and they started taking people's guns. Why? They needed them the most to protect their family. Police were inundated. Isn't that what the Second Amendment is about? That's what the Democrats want to do. They want to defund the police, 
Defund the police. That's what's going on in some of these major cities right now, New York, Los Angeles, others. Defund the police. Make it where the police department is completely inundated. They can't answer your call. Listen, I've lived in Los Angeles for 30 plus years. I've called the 911 dispatchers at least a number of times. And I'd say at least half of the times, it took them quite a long time. Let's just say their response time wasn't 10 minutes or less. In fact, there was a time when there was a man walking down the street with an AR-15, which in California is a much di different thing than if you're in a concealed, you know, carry state or, you know, a, a free state like Tennessee. Uh, but, you know, this man was walking down the street right after 9-11, I remember, and he looked very suspect. So I called the police and said, hey, just want to let you know there's a man walking down the street in fatigues with AR-15 right now. And they did not come for about 20 minutes. And by then the man had left. That could have been a mass shooting event. So I'm just telling you, it's never been that great. Although I do know some patriots that serve on the LAPD and the Sheriff's Department in Los Angeles and the California Highway Patrol. And I mean, they're, they're patriots. They're great men and women, but there's just not enough. They don't, they need more funding, not less. I mean, less funding is a joke. That's like, it's like ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Less funding in, in Los Angeles? They need more police. They need more law and order. They need more support. If anything, we need to give them more support, more, more, more weaponry, more, more, more equipment, everything. They're in need of it all. These are great men, men of valor. I mean, honestly, a lot of them are patriots. A lot of them have served our nation in more ways than one. Some of them are bad. Yeah, there's always that one, two percent of bad cops. But the majority of the people on the LAPD are patriots, just like in the NYPD. Same thing. You know, you always have your bad apples, but most of them are good people that really every single day leave their home and their families and have to put their lives on the line, ladies and gentlemen, every single day. So then I don't get it. Why would we defund them? That makes absolutely no sense. But that is the plan of the left because they wanted to stabilize. I know I talk about it every day, but it's just because it's so bizarre and it's so crazy. And the fact that anybody could possibly think these things are good ideas, I have to start wondering, is your mind reprobate? I mean, how could you think this, especially if you're a Christian? It makes absolutely no sense. Yet here we are, 2020, the election is upon us. And these polls, according to the mainstream media, which I don't know if you believe, I personally don't, they're telling us that our president, the biggest patriot we've seen probably in our lifetime uh, as president, who loves our country, is trying to fix it and drain the swamp, swamp of corruption, trying to stand for religious liberties and freedom. Oh, and by the way, trying to rescue the children that are in sex trafficking and you know, the sex trade industry, he's trying to put a stop to that. Thank you. He gets no credit for it. He gets no credit for it. So, you know, what are you going to say about that, right? It's depressing, but we got to just believe that we're going to win this election. We got to, every one of us has to make sure we're registered. Uh, they're trying to do this mail-in ballot thing. We got to make sure we're, we're going to be pushing back against the corruption, pushing back against the lies. I don't encourage you to sit on social media. I know I've been guilty of this in the past, but I don't advise you to sit back and argue people all day. But I do think that, you know, waking people up to the best of your ability that are in your family and, you know, we can't worry about offending people. We got to speak the truth, ladies and gentlemen, especially from the pulpit, especially from the churches, because the hour is extremely late. And guess who's really at the end of the day, because this is a spiritual battle between light and darkness. At the end of the day, guess who is the real enemy? It's Christians. It's always been Christians. It's always been Christians. This is a battle between light and darkness. It's always been Christians that are in the center of this battle. But many people just don't realize it. Even yet, they don't understand how they don't see it.
I mean, it blows my mind. Doesn't it blow your mind that people just don't see it still? They're still like not understanding it. But anyways, that's where we're at right now, ladies and gentlemen. And so we look at the future with a month, or a couple of months out, and we see that we are literally on the, the cusp of, of the most important election of our lifetime. And some pastors don't even know if they should meet. <laughs> some pastors don't even know if they should be meeting with their congregations because of the coronavirus. Just never mind that the Bible says lay hand on the sick and they'll be healed. Never mind that God is in the miracle working business. Never mind that he wants to do the same things that Jesus did in his ministry right now in our nation. Right now, he wants to move in power and strength. Yes, he does. So I encourage you, I implore you, implore you to be praying about people like myself. Praying, I'm praying for you. Praying for those that are willing to stand up in the midst of this. It doesn't matter if we're doxxed or we're, look at Tucker Carlson. I mean, they're telling where he lives, you know, his new house, his poor wife's already been, you know, totally traumatized by what happened. And here we are again, going through the same thing. Police officers, addresses given, given out. They're going to they're gonna do this stuff. The next month is going to be an interesting month. And I already can tell you, we picked up intelligence and information that it's going to be a hot, August. I'll just say that. And I put information out there about it. We'll talk about it more in coming days. It's going to be hot. But let me just leave you with this today. Democrats are anti-baby because they want to kill the innocent. They're pro-COVID because every one of them are freaked out by the pandemic virus that's taking over the world. But they're anti-hydroxychloroquine. The one most promising treatment for COVID-19. That's got an 80 to 90% recovery rate. It's actually 90%. But hey, we're anti-hydroxychloroquine, even though it's been on the market for 40 years and people take it for lupus every day and they don't have a problem with it. But the pro-vaccine, oh yeah, the vaccines that are literally going to change your DNA, by the way, study into that, look into it. Look into what Bill Gates has said about vaccines and how it kills off people. That's what they want to do. They want to lower the earth's population. And so vaccines are the way to do that. That doesn't scare you at all. Oh, and by the way, there's a vaccine court to protect the people from the vaccine companies, to protect the, protect the companies from the people, excuse me, protect the companies from the people, not the people from the companies. We have no protection. So yeah, the Democrats are pro-vaccine. They're all rushing to get their vaccine. They can't wait for the vaccine, but they're anti-Christian. They can't stand Christian liberties and freedoms. They think we're full of hate. We cling to our Bibles and our guns. They, they hate smelly Walmart people. They say we're all just deplorables and flyover country. Hate the Christians. They're pro-atheist. Pro-atheist. Oh, yes, they are. Very much so. They got like, what is it, 46 genders now? Have you ever seen some of these people? Have you seen some of these people? I mean, I, gosh, man. Can't even get into it right now. Anti-police, though. Anti-police. The police are awful. The people that protect our communities and keep the law in order, they're awful. They're horrible. Defund them. But they're, you know, they're pro-defunding the police. They're pro-protesters. And I'm, I'm all for a, a free protest, but not when it comes to looting and rioting and destroying businesses of every race, color, and creed, people that have worked blood, sweat, and tears for their whole life. No, I'm not for that. Uh, what else are they pro? Well, they're, they're anti-borders. They don't want no borders. They, they shout, no borders, no wall, no USA at all. They're pro-globalist, pro-China, by the way, pro-China. They're anti-United States. They're pro-UN charters, but they're anti-Constitution. They're anti-jobs. 
their legislation and trade deals are probably the worst possible thing. The Green New Deal, trillions of dollars on the debt, it would be the worst possible thing. It would crash our economy so fast, you don't even, it'll make your head spin. Pro-entitlement though, get everybody on entitlement so that all they can get is just a little bit of money and be in, in destitution, just be you know, just enough to barely survive. That's what they want to give you. They don't want you to succeed and be an entrepreneur and be, you know, business owner. No, no, because those people, they close down, they shut down, they let you burn their, their businesses up. But they're pro-entitlement. They're anti-lower taxes. They want higher taxes, always higher taxes. Look at California. Pro-communism, anti-freedoms, pro-burning the flag, but anti-standing for the flag. They're anti the nuclear family. They don't. They want your children to be raised by the village. You don't. You don't own your child. You don't. You know. Not that we own our child, but you don't have the right to to discipline your child. You don't have the right to say this is my child. This is the community's child. We all are involved. That's what they think. Just like Obama when he said, "You didn't build that business. We built that business." Yeah, Obama, community organizer. You built my business. That's right. Pro fifty-two genders. I said that already. I think anti-free market. They hate capitalism. They want socialism, which is communism. They're pro-burning down the businesses. They're anti-statues. Take them all down, they say. Take away history. We don't want anything about history. We don't want you to understand how we actually got to where we are. You don't need to know that information. We're, we're just like the Nazis. We burn books. We don't want you knowing your history. And they're, you know, just pro-destruction. How can anybody vote for these people? How can anybody think that this is the party that represents them. And yet there's people that still do. So we're in this battle. I know I might sound angry, but I'm just passionate. <laughs> this is where I let it out, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the daily rundown with Pastor Todd. I want to thank you for tuning into the program today. And I hope that the content that we're bringing you is helpful so that you understand just some of the battle that we're in. I think at the end of the day, it's just because, yes, I'm frustrated, but I'm also passionate because you got to look at the state of the nation and we got to look at where we're headed and if somebody's not sounding the alarm, who will, right? So we're going to sound the alarm every day. But ultimately, we want a revival in our nation. We want to see a move of God. We want to see, you know, our nation to return to morality, common sense, constitution, rule of law. And we need to pray for President Trump because he's in the biggest battle probably, probably anybody right now in the world, to be honest with you. That man has the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's not the answer. Only Jesus is the answer. I definitely say we need to vote for Donald Trump because the other side will be communism. It'll be probably the scariest thing you'll ever see in the United States. we got to pray that doesn't happen. We're only a couple months out. And we're going to continue the broadcast every day, but I thank you for tuning in to the rmntnews.com Daily Rundown with Pastor Todd. God bless you.